Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. All right, folks. All right, it's V the Gorilla Comics coming to you live with the raging bull himself, Martin Seif, is with us. Buckle up your seatbelts, get your notebooks ready, get the popcorn popping and the coffee on brew. Martin's going to take us into the outer reaches of sanity because I'm telling you right now, there's so many things going around in the, in the world. You need some sanity, and Martin's here to give that to you because it's an insane world. So, without further ado, Martin, how are you, sir? All the better for being on with you again, my old friends. Though uh, coffee and popcorn, even ah, in my right. long life, that, that's a new experience. I got that is a that. new experience. Yeah. Uh, I should have said coffee and like uh, maybe some scones. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say <laughs> scones, definitely. The, uh, that, that's more, you know, American genteel. In England, yeah. tea and scones, or maybe Canada too. Yeah. Popcorn and, and coffee. I like the idea. Just it's gonna work. How about some caramel popcorn and coffee? That could go. Oh my god, you're blowing my mind. Think about it. Some caramel, uh, some little pecan nuts in there. A little, you know, pecan. Which you're right. Pecan. Caramel and pecan. That have the taste buds popping exactly. Yeah, yeah. A little savory, a little sweet. Oh my god, you're right. Work. We're exploring new frontiers here. What can I say? I like it. Well, that's what we do here on Rogue. You know, exploring new frontiers, uh, especially in the world we live today, Martin. I mean. Where do you want to start, Martin? I mean, there's so many things that have happened. Oh, oh my God. I mean, the global uh, realignments, Saudi Arabia, Iran, um, the situation with um, with Taiwan. I mean, there's so many things to talk about. The whole war in Ukraine just continuing to you know fall apart to pieces uh, against the globalists. I mean, you know. Uh, there was. I came across the the other day. There was uh, one of the few British generals with any brains in World War One. So of course they actually never let put him in charge of an army. He was yeah. more or less. Uh, his name was General William Robin, Robertson, yeah. and he criticised the policies of both uh, the other army commanders and the British government through, through on the Western Front because they were throwing away the, the precious lives of hundreds of thousands of young men from Britain, Canada, Australia, the whole empire. The French were suffering too. And in the meantime, the Germans were carving loose over Eastern Europe where the borders were much more open and you didn't have to suffer bloodbaths to conquer territories if you had an efficient army. Right. So Robertson contrasted the two sides this way. He said... Uh, here is how 1915 went and 1916 is going to go. We lose 200,000 men. You know, I'm paraphrasing slightly here, but the quote is, is 
in general uh, accurate. We lose 200,000 men taking Vimy Ridge or advancing 200 yards. Yeah. They take Romania. We lose another 300,000 men with the French at Verdun, retaking another 500 yards. They conquer Poland and half of Russia. Hmm. Right? And he said, we've got to learn to do it differently because we're, uh, 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 we claim we're winning all these horrible, ridiculous, nonsensical little battles. And they're winning all the big ones. And of course, eventually the Germans made the biggest loss of them all. It didn't matter that they conquered Eastern Europe because they were so stupid that they brought the United States of America into the war against them. When the American people were not looking to go into the war. When Woodrow Wilson won re-election in 1916 in his presidential campaign but on the uh, slogan, he kept us out of the war. And up to that point, it was true. The Germans had to work very hard to be stupid enough to bring the United States of America into the war against them, which doomed them, lost them World War I, but they managed it. Now, today we see the world is in reverse. We are the United States of America. And we boast about getting huge countries like Montenegro or North <laughs> Macedonia. North Ma- has ever, anyone ever heard of North Macedonia? Or no, North I didn't even know Macedonia was divided into a North and South, being a tiny exactly. little country. And now there is a new crisis in Bosnia Herzegovina. There is a name for a country, uh, and I've been I'm there many times. The, the Serbian part of Bosnia wants to secede from Bosnia Herzegovina and make a country of it. So, and we are determined not to let it happen. Wow, isn't that a priority for us? Meantime, what are the Russians and the Chinese doing? Well, uh, the leader of the largest nation in the world in territory, which is Russia, with the biggest nuclear arsenal, President Putin, and the leader of the most populous nation in the world with the greatest industrial base, which is China, President Xi, have just held new talks together for several days. They've done that on about 32 occasions over the past 10 years. We, our intelligence doesn't have a clue of what they really talk about, what they really plan, what they coordinate, but it is a matter of public record that they have held joint military exercises involving scores of thousands of of troops every two years, sometimes every year, but at least every two years for the past 18 years. Wow. Uh, does anyone out there know that? You hear people talk about or some fool gets up in Congress and says, it's very worrying that they're holding uh, military exercises together. Yes, it is worrying, but they should have been worrying about it 18, 20 years ago. It's been going on that long. It's 2023. This has been going on since 2004. How often have you seen that in the New York Times or on CNN or for that matter on Fox News? Yeah, Were never. No, they're ig- and you know, they're not covering it up. They're just lazy and ignorant and incompetent. They're lazy and ignorant and incompetent. 95% of the time when you think there is a conspiracy to ruin this country, it is simply sheer laziness, stupidity, and incompetence. It is impossible. After 36 years in Washington, I tell you, it is impossible to exaggerate the, the, uh, the power of those forces in the United States of America today, unfortunately, at least in our federal capital. Very well said, man. I mean, I mean, there's that old saying, do not ascribe to malice what could be explained by incompetence. And that's, that's what wonderful. I see. 
that is a wonder man you should make that a defining motto it is so wise and true and terrifying yeah. because i think people one of the reasons people far prefer conspiracy theories and heaven knows there are conspiracies out there because by definition any form of political cooperation is a conspiracy yeah. If you have a, any bunch of friends working, to, you know, I mean, there's a conspiracy on behalf of the Minnesota Vikings, and it's not doing very well at the moment. <laughs> there are conspiracies on behalf of the Red Sox and uh, 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 the Yankees, and they're not doing very well at the moment on either side. By definition, any gathering of people, uh, you know, to, to fulfill any end can be defined as a conspiracy. It, uh, we're talking about the nature of politics here. But the problem here is not that people interact in politics. That's natural. It's that we become so incompetent at it and so irresponsible at it. And our leaders only listen to morons. An open debate has shut down. Right. And it takes forces like you personally and Rogue Radio and the other alternative media out there to get freedom of expression, the juices of freedom of expression, and the sense that there are better and other ways to get on in the world. Because we are heading towards a world war. And yeah. in this country, if it doesn't come, we are heading towards a civil war. And I don't want one. Uh, I, I covered a civil war in my native Northern Ireland in my uh, youth, and I didn't like it. It was frightening. It was bloody. It was tragic. It was disgusting. It was horrible. These are things that should be avoided. Uh, but while we need to build bridges to the other side, they need to avoid demonizing the conservative side as well. You have two halves of America, and they despise each other. They won't right. communicate with each other. Right. No, there, 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 there is no communication at this point. I mean, it's almost irreconcilable. I mean, we've seen family members split apart. We've seen yeah. states, you know, it's really divided. I've never seen the country so divided like I've seen it now. And it's going to take a very powerful galvanizing force that's going to, you know, make it all right. And, and, and here's the thing, whatever that galvanizing force is, the question becomes, does it even have the political will to do so? Because what's possible yes. isn't politically possible, and what's po and what's politically possible isn't really possible on the reality level, you know. And that's the problem. So we're stuck in this weird gridlock of, and, and the whole country is splintering, Martin. I, I I don't know how this is going to end, you know. I mean, three ways, like you mentioned, World War. You could have, we we could go into a world war where we we will get massacred, uh, or you're talking about a civil war, which is also terrible. Or an economic collapse, which there's a strong chance of these globalists taking control of the last remaining vestiges of the United States. All three scenarios are terrible. I agree completely with you, BJ. And eight years ago now, eight years ago, I published, I had to self-publish because 140 different publishers in, in America turned me down. We have all these outlets and they all think exactly alike. You must worship liberalism. You must worship Keynes. Or if you're on the right, you must worship Adam Smith. He sure. must be your God. You must worship free trade. And as you know, and I've said before, and I'll happily say again, free trade is suicide. Free trade is aids to any society. Right. It breaks down the immune system of a society and historically it doesn't work and it is taught in every college in America in economic theory yeah. and you're not allowed to teach theories opposed to it, but the theories are irrelevant anyway because it doesn't work in reality. 
You can come up with theories that the world is flat or that gravity doesn't exist. Makes no difference. The world is round. The universe is infinite. Gravity exists. Gravity works. And free trade doesn't work in history. Every major society that has gone to free trade has ruined its own industrial base. Every society that protects its industry by protective tariffs and not letting in a flood of unlimited imports flourishes and becomes wealthy and strong and the standard of living of its people soars. This happened in Venice. It happened in France. It happened in England. It happened in Germany. It happened in Japan and South Korea in the United States from 1860 to 1960s when we went to free trade idealism because our leaders were idiots idiots. The Democrats went to it first, then the Republicans went to it, then the Democrats doubled down under Bill Clinton with the most catastrophic measure in modern American economic and political history, letting China join the World Trade Organization. And I am not a China basher. The government of China sets us an example of being moral and responsible in raising the standard of living. It's not a democracy. I'm not going to defend it as a democracy. Of course it isn't a democracy. It's a different system from ours totally, but if we want our system to prevail, we have to protect our system. And I tell you, that's the biggest way to avoid polarization in the civil war. If uh, a rising tide lifts all boats, if you had economic control zone that boosted domestic American industry so that the standard of living of American workers, both agricultural and industrial across the heartland, rose again, then all of a sudden everybody would feel more mellow. And they wouldn't be bitter anymore. And we wouldn't be losing 100,000 lives a year, most of them young people, to fentanyl alone coming across the open, unguarded frontier from Mexico. Absolutely right, man. I mean, very very well said. There is a a significant problem here. There is a rot that has gotten into into civilization. And and, and if people don't stop um, the madness that we're engaged in and, and, and remove from our midst these incompetent, idiotic, moronic leaders. I think it's not going to bode well. Martin, I don't know if you got a chance to see this or not, but there was a congressional hearing with uh, Congressman uh, Matt Gates, and he had lined up all these Pentagon bigwigs in their, in their, you know, in their all, you know, official military regalia and their uniforms looking all spiffy and clean cut. And a simple question was asked because one of the leaks from the Pentagon was that America's uh, hypersonic capabilities are pretty much non-existent, something I've been saying forever, especially when the U.S. was saying, oh, we're going to put the Dark Eagle hypersonics in Poland and in Germany. And I laughed at that because I said the only place that the Dark Eagle hypersonic missile exists is in the back of a cocktail napkin in a, in a bar in Washington, D.C. And sure as heck, when the Pentagon finally admitted, yeah, we don't even have a functioning hypersonic weapon system anywhere, it is laughable. And yet the push to war is, is incredulous to me. The push to war where that could you know, e- economically ruin us, the fact that we can be glowing in the dark, the fact that we have no capabilities of, of anything to counter this is ruinous because we have madmen in charge, absolute madmen. 
the oh, I agree with you a hundred percent. The one percent over hundred where I might disagree with you, it, uh, and it's 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 really just icing on the cake. Is yeah. um, oh, no, well, you're right. You have to be mad to go this far. It's it's just uh, incredible. There is a line that keeps coming back to me from one of my favorite science fiction novels, Foundation by Isaac Asimov. Oh my God! You one of my favorite too. books. Are you yes. kidding me? It, oh yes. my God, a, a fellow addict. Remember, yes. uh, and while the movies were good, they weren't foundation. They, they, you, you can enjoy them, but they're just totally different. They're complete. The novels are so small and simple and witty, and there's no alien races in them, as you know. There really right. isn't any advanced technology in them either. They're basically comments on history, uh, on history and satires, and on politics and on human behavior, and they're wonderful. And there's one line you'll remember at the beginning were a government much more intelligent than uh, uh, Joe Biden's but still suicidally stupid is dooming the planet Terminus because it doesn't realize that the, uh, the galaxy has reverted to barbarism all around it and they're leaving their planet defenseless against the barbarians on every side and the hero Salvor Harden the mayor of the city says when he hears this analysis, how nothing's going to happen to them when everything is fine and the empire, which is already collapsing, will look after them. He says, such stupidity. Uh, I paraphrase slightly here, I, you know, for, but go back, the, 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 enjoy the, the real quote. Such stupidity, uh, no, uh, uh, smacks of mad, uh, of genius. Such <laughs> yes. a lesser mind would be incapable of it. You yes. have to be, and in that way, Joe Biden and Anthony Blinken and Jake Sullivan are geniuses. Oh, they are. Absolute. Absolute. And it's terrifying. And if most Republicans, if they got in, would not be better, could be worse. Could be worse. Could be worse. Could be worse. The thing is, uh, you have to avoid a fight unless you have a li overwhelming likelihood of winning a fight. Here is a famous warmonger speaking, right? Mm -hmm. uh, no, a famous peacemonger, right? Won, won a Nobel Prize. See if you can guess who it is. Never, never, never go to war. Remember, there would not be a war unless the other fellow thought he had a chance of winning too. Now, who was this cowardly, despicable fellow who any self-righteous armchair warrior, heroic neocorn idiot would despise? It was Winston Churchill in right. 1928, 29, when he was writing his memoirs, My Early Life. And he remembered as a young man when they, he marched off with all the might of the British Empire into South Africa to fight the Boer War against yep. And uh, the, uh, eventually the British won by overwhelming power, but they messed it up. First, it was a humiliation for them, and they hadn't expected this. And it was a lesson to Churchill that he carried with him for the rest of his life. And he made big mistakes in World War I and World War II himself. That's another story. But even Winston Churchill recognized you want to avoid wars. In the 1930s, Churchill never once advocated preventive war against Nazi Germany. He said it would not be necessary if, the United, if England and France got together and had intelligent foreign policies and built up their armies and air forces in an intelligent manner which of course they did not, then you could deter war and prevent it happening. But he never once advocated starting a war against Germany. And here are we blundering into a war in Ukraine. We have the 101st Airborne and 82nd Airborne right now, massing forces 
they're not huge forces, but they're large enough to freak out the Russians, on the borders of Ukraine. And I think the likelihood is likely that this is being done in preparation. For, uh, we are encouraging the Ukrainians to lose yet more scores of thousands of their innocent lives in, uh, by advising, quote unquote, Zelensky and his criminally incompetent gang in Kiev to launch a new attack against the Russians when the Russians know the attack is coming, have first class weaponry and systems, have called up more people. We are not draining the Russian army dry. They are draining the Ukrainian army dry and our neocons are plotting to try and get the United States and NATO ground forces into Ukraine for direct confrontation with Russia. Only a country that has believed propaganda and utter BS for this long, only a country where its entire foreign policy, its own national self-identity was created by marketing from Hollywood, could be so stupid to have zero in terms of a real military industrial capability zero like nothing right yes can, can go ahead and fight an industrial powerhouse like russia and if they thought they that russia was an industrial powerhouse wait till you get a hold, a hold of china okay well, we do have good generals not all of them, of course, but we have a lot of responsible high up officers in the army the and Navy, they're the, the only Air ones Force. keeping and what do they actually Irish? tell congress and they say this day after day and week after week and so do responsible people, not just from the Trump administration, but from the Biden administration as well. Serious people still exist, thank God, in yeah. both parties, but they're trapped in the system. And as you say, they're not free to do anything effective. And on Congress, again, on both sides, it's a bipartisan problem. You have lots of ignorant idiots on both sides who are complacent, who think it's enough to make a speech or a vote or this or that. And they don't put things together. We don't have a military industrial base. We have let it go down. Even if you uh, give a big job to the biggest defense contractors we've got, like Lockheed Martin or Raytheon, they all have to depend on hundreds or even of thousands of high-tech little mom-and-pop firms which are undercapitalized, which are going out of business because right. all the lawyers in Congress reverse policies every two to four years and to be dependent on them. I was uh, 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 on the edge of this for three or four years over the past decade when I was an external contractor to a sub division. Uh, I did analysis for uh, general dynamics, information mm. technology. I made virtually no money. I worked technically to earn 80k a year. I was lucky if I saw 20k a year. The, the managers who managed me freelance were worthless as human beings and as competent managers. But above all else, even they were dangled around because Congress kept many uh, micromanaging the requirements Every six months, not even every year, every few months, I was told, well, this committee is sitting on this and this committee has uh, done that. And we're terribly sorry, but the funding to pay you 20 bucks here or 100 bucks there, you know, they waste billions and trillions a year and they starve you of 20 to 100 bucks if you're actually working for them. This is the way Congress does business as an institution. It's not just the Democrats, it's both sides. Correct. Both sides. It is the uniparty of grifters. Yes. That is what we have. Yes, that's perfect. The the uniparty of grifters. Yep. And con men. And this is the whole entire thing. I mean, you know, when, when, when Putin said he's going to demilitarize uh, Ukraine, he wasn't kidding. He not only did he demilitarize Ukraine, he's demilitarizing all of NATO. I mean, just recently, the United States have to borrow 500,000 rounds of ammunition Okay, of 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 shells, you know, from the South Koreans. 
because we, yes. we're, we're out. We don't have it. Now, I would think about only a country that's so deluded in its paper worth because of our paper economy that's all speculation could think that we have the capability, the wherewithal to go to war. This country has never tasted real warfare. It has never tasted real continental warfare. It has never tasted what it would be like when its command and control systems are under 24-7 bombardment. They have no clue of what they're walking into, Martin. They have no clue. I wish I could disagree with you, my friend. I agree with you 100%. You've you've nailed it. It's unbelievable. It's terrifying. It's unbelievable and it's terrifying. Now, in a situation like this, it's very clear what we should do. We should get our act together and yeah. arm ourselves. Basically, we should follow an Eisenhower-era type strategy. We should rearm our military weapon systems and forces and streamline commands and control as quickly and urgently as possible. And President Trump, even in the face of being demonized by the deep state with every kind of lie imaginable, was actually trying to do this. He, he launched the first major assessment of the U.S. industrial military industrial base and its capabilities and what it could provide us and wouldn't that had been done in more than 60 years since the Eisenhower administration. It was long overdue. And President Biden, to his credit, did not scrap that initiative. They continued it, but it's still too little and too late. That's the first point. The second point, which Biden has and Blinken have totally ignored, but uh, and Trump again was ambiguous on it. He had the right instincts personally, but he appointed uh, hawkish idiots, blustering idiots as his secretaries of state uh, and his, his top military commanders, basically. And he, 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 in business, he knew who to appoint in the economy. He never had to change a secretary of the treasury or secretary of commerce. He chose well at the beginning and he, they stuck with him loyally through thick and thin afterwards. But in the military, he didn't know. And he kept appointing people he trusted who were no good at all, who were no good at all. And you've got to have that. What we need is to pull our horns back from Ukraine, back from Taiwan. And right now we have uh, we are totally dependent on Taiwan for our computer chips. If we don't get Taiwan computer chips, China rules the 20th century because China beats us in space. China beats us in artificial intelligence and China also beats us in hypersonics, all of which they are way in the head, as you rightly said, in any case. So what should we do? We need crash programs of investment above all else, first of all. For to prioritize above all else the computer chip industry, and we need to burn every book of Adam Smith's and David Ricardo's from 200 years ago. The hundred thousand Americans who die every year from fentanyl poisoning because they, uh, their families have been thrown out of work and they are in despair owe their deaths and their suffering to Adam Smith and David Ricardo mm -hmm. and the discredited theories of free trade, which never work in practice. Never. Absolutely right. When you look at the fastest growing economies in the world, countries that have grown decade after decade yes. after decade, they have some of the most protectionist economies on God's green earth. And the works. free trade economy only benefits the parasitic 0.001% of the private equity that's, out, that, that's running the show in the background. That's all it benefits. It doesn't benefit us. It doesn't benefit the American industry, the American worker, the American family. 
VJ, you see the elephant. You see the monster that nobody dares to see. That is exactly right. And you look at the late unlamented Charlie Krauthammer. You look at Thomas Friedman. You yeah. look at all these uh, wealthy, multi-millionaire, uh, prosperous, hypocrites, ignoramuses. Uh, trumpeting the fake gospel, the fraudulent gospel of free trade. Why not outsource them to China and India? Because <laughs> they, they, they can cut the mustard there. But over here, they get rewarded. We, we, we reward exactly. failure. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, what's, what they call it? Uh, failing forward? <laughs> and we never forgive success. Yeah. We exactly. never forgive success. Exactly right. Uh, there's a friend of mine died a few years ago. And he was driven out of Washington in his mid-30s. His name was Herbert Mayer. He was in the Reagan administration, and he was uh, the number two or number three man in the CIA at, uh, at the time. And he, uh, uh, he was the top advisor on the Russian economy to President Reagan and to Bill Casey, who was the director of central intelligence at the time. And he became a notorious figure because he had a series of memorandums, not articles, but memorandums that were official within the CIA, within the United States government, that horrified everyone except Reagan and, and Casey, in which he predicted in 1982 through 1984 that the Soviet Union was doomed, it was going to disintegrate, it was going to collapse under its own economic failures within five to ten years. And this, uh, unlike all the fake prophecies that Christ Christ will come tomorrow. He'll come last year. He'll come the year before that. Just I'm a Sunday morning preacher. Just give me 10% gross of your income. And I guarantee you, you'll get to heaven. These are all lies. These are all fraudulent. Anyone who still believes this needs to check themselves into a mental asylum and start taking lithium. But Herb Mayer was right. And he was driven out of Washington when he was still in his mid-30s. And uh, on one occasion, he's called in by uh, William Casey, who was the head of the CIA. And he, he said, Herb, uh, this memorandum of yours about the Soviet Union, uh, I've got good news, bad news for you and good news. The bad news is everybody in the United States government, up to and including the Secretary of Defense and the Secretary of State, once you fired immediately, they think you're a lunatic and an idiot and simplistic. And Herb uh, said afterwards he went white at the uh, sheet when he was soulless. And then Casey said to him, Casey was American-Irish, so he had the Irish twisted sense of humor. He said, but I have good news for you too, Herb. There's two people, only two people in the whole of Washington, D.C., in the federal government. Only two people disagree with the view that you're a menace and an idiot and must be fired immediately. And those two people are me. And I run the CIA, he said. And the other one is the president of the United States, hmm. President Reagan. Hmm. And of course, Mayer was right. But after Casey died, and with Reagan only a year more into office, Herb Mayer left Washington and he took his family and he lived the rest of his life. He, he rebuilt his career in the private sector very successfully, although it wasn't easy for him, out uh, in the Pacific Northwest. It was, I think it was in Washington State, but yeah. it was as far from Washington, D.C. as he could get. And I had interviewed him a number of times for the Washington Times. I'd been connected to him by my own editors. And the last thing he said to me before uh, 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 heading out of Washington was, Marty, never be right too soon on too big an issue, because in this town, it'll, be profession it'll professionally kill you. If you're wrong and idiotic and incompetent like everybody else, your career will only advance. 
but you must never be right too strongly or too soon. And I've had a whole lifetime in Washington to observe the truth of those comments that he made all those years ago ever since. And now, of course, I've lived Washington too. He went to the Pacific Northwest. I came to the Jersey Shore. Same principle. We wanted to stay in America, but we wanted basically to, to, to get out uh, 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 back where, where there's still breathing space, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Where do, what are you, what is currently on your radar screen right now, Martin, that you're tracking that concerns you? You've said it initially, first of all, absolutely right. The draining of our industrial military base, the inability of us to supply our own armed forces and our NATO allies with weaponry because we've given so much to the poor Ukrainians who are run by a corrupt, corrupt incompetent clique. Uh, and most of their stuff is either captured by the Russians or wasted or stolen or leaked uh, uh, I mean, a billion, it's the same story as in Afghanistan. There is so much corruption in the American military industrial complex and so-called security sector that any country that we take over and befriend like Iraq or Afghanistan or now Ukraine is doomed. It is doomed that it will be swamped by drug addiction, organized crime, human trafficking, mass slavery and prostitution and just sheer total incompetence. We cannot build nations. We're terrible at it. We have to stop trying to do it. We have to break the damn addiction. And of course, we have not begun to do so. But if you say that too loud and effectively, you and I are probably, we, uh, we're probably safe because we're unimportant. Yeah. If we were important enough, if enough people were listening to us, they would take us out or they would discredit us. Right. Right. very easily done if they can do that to a former president of the united states even while he's still in office as they did to president trump they can do it to anyone they can do it to anyone and that's the problem my ideal choice for the next president i don't think she has a chance of making it but she's a former congresswoman from hawaii Tulsa uh, Gabbard. yeah she's right. superb if we can't have her, and she, she is, was originally from the left, though she was kicked out of the Democratic Party, mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing a, something of a gamble because he's been with neocons in the past. But he, uh, Ted Cruz, he has mm -hmm. his own mind in Texas. He has his own mind and he has brains. And I disagree with him on a lot of his policies. Same. He's always been a free trader even, and I'm totally opposed to it. But he, he can read writing on the wall. And nobody else seems to be able to. And there's a first-class senator in Republican senator in Missouri who is now speaking out as well on how we should uh, 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 pull our horns back from Ukraine. But the irony is we are committed to defending Taiwan, and we cannot defend Taiwan, but we need Taiwan's computer chips because for 40 years, under one idiot after another, and this actually in included Reagan, though the worst were Clinton and the younger Bush. They were by far the worst, but they Democrat and a Republican. We can be bipartisan about this. But uh, that we become dependent for the, our high technology on an island only 100 miles off the coast of China? Yeah. A 12-year-old kid who can look at a globe, at a map, should be able to work that one out. And none of our geniuses did, because they're all big on Adam Smith yep. and the theories of this and the Cato mm -hmm. Institute and the flat world of Tom Friedman. Lies, absurdities. And with apologies to the folks out there, a four-letter word, S-H-I-T, yeah. uh, excretia, nonsense, filth. 
dung, insanity, pathetically childish, pathetically childish. What we need to do is to crash develop our computer chip industry immediately. My God, look at the miracles we pulled off in World War II or yeah. catching up and outstripping the Russians in the missile race and the space race in the 1950s and 60s or turning our economy around in terms of at least dynamic terms for new high-tech developments in the 1980s and 1990s. Resilience is the American way. I published two books on this in 2015. Uh, I had to self-publish them, but they should be available. At least a few of them are still out there on Amazon.com. Cycles of Change and Gathering Storm. Mm. Buy them, folks. Mm. You'll see today's problems predicted there and the solutions and the solutions. Cycles of change and gathering storm. Americans are optimists. 400 years of American history has made us optimistic. We've had all these resources, this open continent. We've always come back. We can come back from this too, but only if we avoid nuclear war. That is the one thing nobody can come back from. Right. So we have to avoid nuclear war and rebuild our industrial base and our military and our social structure. But we need to focus at home first. I'm sick and tired of these endless crusades around the world that don't make the world safe for democracy. They destroy our democracy around the world and they will certainly destroy democracy in, in America. Yeah, very well said. The other thing that concerns me the most, and I, I cut my before I got into the London Bullion Market Association, I was uh, brokering strategic and rare earth uh, metals and minerals, right? One of which is cobalt, vanadium, lithium, yes, uh, rhenium, hafnium, gallium, infinium. These are some of the things that I would broker, but a specific focus was cobalt and vanadium and molybdenum being third. Uh, the problem that I see right now, and back then when I was doing it in the early 2000s, it was, you know, we had a viable industry. We would take cobalt right out of Zimbabwe. We'd ship it right out of Joburg, you know, South Africa. It was refined by Falcon Bridge in, Nor in Norway. You know, we have the, the Falcon Bridge uh, refinery, and that's long been bought out by uh, Glencore, and then they sold that to the Chinese. Uh, and then, we, and then it was refined and sold throughout the world. The problem right now is that China right now controls 97% of the rare earth material, the metals and minerals, right? The strategic metals and minerals. We don't have it. The, the other prospect is this. They crack between 500,000 um, engineers and scientists per year. We produce more gender studies professors than anywhere else in the world. Exactly. And this is the biggest problem. So America, I think Matthew Eric said it best one time. He said, America is a house on fire. And China and Russia are the water that could put it out. Because in spite of all of our insane schizophrenic foreign policy our monetary policy, which is just insane as well. The Russians and both the Chinese have, are, are looking, and the, major, the majority of the world is looking for a win-win relationship with the United States. But the problem with us, because we have neocons and neolibs, they, we are, I think Sergei Lavrov said it best, we are agreement non-capable. That is the yes. biggest thing. And, and unless we purge the culture that is in Washington, D.C. and get rid of these lifelong politicians martin i don't know how we're going to correct this ship because we need outside help in order to reindustrialize. we cannot do it on our own at this level of the 21st century game 
I agree completely. And even there, we could do it. We have enough people. We have enough resources. We certainly have enough reserves, even of patriotism and goodwill. Yeah. But as you say, a fish rots from the top. Sun Tzu, let's remember, was Chinese 2,500 years ago. Greatest military thinker and strategist of all time said, when a battle is lost, the fault is not the equipment. The fault is never the soldiers, whether they fight bravely or badly. The fault is always the generals. It is always Always the leaders who carry the responsibility. You have lousy leaders. You need different leaders. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Franklin Roosevelt was terrible with the U.S. economy, but he was a wonderful leader for yeah. the, for the free world and the United States through World War II. Look at the difference Winston Churchill made for the Brits in 1940, and he made plenty of screw ups afterwards too. But he galvanized Britain. He galvanized the British people, and there was a spirit of renewal that flowed through them after that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we need. You know who's a dark horse candidate I'm watching right now? I'm liking a lot of what he's saying is RFK Jr. I agree. A lot of people give me hail over him because he, he takes he's taken stands, which I don't agree with, for example, on, on, on vaccination. I do believe in vaccination, even with its risks in, in general, because I'm from a generation that grew up under the shadow of smallpox and polio and things that were much, much worse than COVID-19. But mm -hmm. that's another story. But on these central issues of national survival. Uh, I'm with RFK, uh, uh, the younger, 100%, all the way, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree with you. And again, here am I, you and I, and we've, uh, I've often uh, been att attacked, still am, of course, as an old reactionary old fogey. And here's <laughs> a guy on the left wing of the Democratic Party I'm singing the praises of, and so are you. Yeah. One has to be open-minded. There are people, and it's interesting that in both the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, there are good and better people and there is hope. Right. But you have to go to the so-called so-called extreme wings in both parties to find people with fresh manners of thinking. Agreed. Very well said. I mean, there's not there's no such thing as a perfect candidate, but it like well, take for instance Tulsi. There's 80% of things that Tulsi says I agree with. 20% I don't. Yeah, exactly. But hey, that's that, it's she's still a better candidate than these neocons and neolibs. Exactly. Absolutely. 100% agree with you. Very well said, Martin. Martin Seif, the one, the only, the raging bull himself. <laughs> the snoring bovine. The snoring bovine. <laughs> the raging bull, folks. You will get no BS. From Martin Seif. And folks, thank you all for listening in. Oh, Get his book on Amazon. Tonight. Thank, you, thank you, my friend. Bye-bye. You're welcome, Martin. Thank you so much, folks, for listening in. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back tomorrow. Same Rogue Station, same Rogue Channel. Have a great day. Cheers. Cheers.